Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? I imagine you're very happy today. Very happy, very happy. Happy Gambo for the show today. Happy Gambo, everybody. Stanton with a three-run homer and Judge with a solo homer and the Yanks are up 4-0 on the Indians. Gambo will not yell at anybody. Gambo will not get mad at anybody. Guardians, Guardians. The Guardians. Guardians. Oh, that's okay. That's 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 right. it, it. It happens. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. It's. it's I caught myself. You did. You 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 said it. You corrected yeah. yourself, and that's the key, Gambo. Uh, yeah. I mean, I expect a very pleasant, warm, engaging Gambo today for the next four hours. Uh, no anger. No yelling. No blood pressure pills. Nothing. <laughs> hey, it's only the top of the third. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves yeah, now. Yeah. I guess that's true. Well, I mean, it's Francona saving his best pitcher for Game One of the ALCS. <laughs> yeah. Gotta Oops. love those. Gotta love those managers that saved their best guys for the next day. Oops, Shane Bieber on uh, short rest. Yeah, no, you know, we don't really want to do that. All right. right. It's not like it's your season on the line or anything, right. pal. Whatever you want to save him. Yeah, right. we gotta, so we need him in game one. We need him in game We're not going to go on through. Yankees have their guy going on three days rest. Yeah. But uh, the, the 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 Guardians, the Guardians, nah, we'll save him for game one. We'll get by with us. this guy who's got like a four and a half ERA and five wins all year. We're going to start him. Yeah. He got blown out in the first inning. It's the, it's the Buck Showalter school of saving your best for when you don't actually need it. He, he, he teaches class on it at, on, on NYU's campus, and you can go attend it if you want. Apparently, Terry Francona has been there. 4 nothing right now in the top of the third. Of course, this was the game that was supposed to be played last night, but because of the rain, they pushed it to today. And then whoever wins this game, uh, getting on a jet plane tonight and going to Houston for game one of the American League Championship tomorrow. Wow. It's getting a quick turnaround. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how it is well, with this baseball Your starting postseason. pitcher should be there already. So, like, whoever your starting pitcher is for tomorrow, he's there. Yeah, you would think. Like, that's what you would do. Yeah, you ever, hey, you're not celebrating. I'm going to get you there. You get a good night's sleep. You get you get accustomed, like, different time zones. You're on your way there. And if you lose, you send them home. Yep, exactly. So, we'll see what happens on that one. We'll keep an eye on this game. Let's weigh in on what we think our top story of the day is here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. It's really, you know, only only one word to put is frustrating. That was DeAndre Hopkins today. Frustrating to watch the offense struggle without him. For the first time in a long time, Gambo, we heard from the Cardinals wide receiver. He was back on the practice field today. He has been activated. We got Thursday night football coming up against the Saints. And the long-awaited season debut of DeAndre Hopkins is almost upon us. I think we all had hoped that there would be better circumstances surrounding this big debut of DeAndre Hopkins. But... But he was full of confidence today, no doubt, when he met reporters and talked to him about his return. Yeah, I feel bad for him in a way. I mean, there's so much pressure on him to kind of deliver this offense to a level that they haven't played at in a long time. And uh, because the offense has, has failed so miserably, so awful, that you just you look at DeAndre Hopkins and say, okay, Hop's back. I mean, everything's going to be okay. And I do think there's a tremendous amount of pressure on him uh, to get that done. Like, he's going to be the, this, like we've said, savior so many times. He's the savior of this offense. And if it doesn't happen, I really hope people don't point the blame on him. The Cardinals have much deeper problems, mainly 
especially Kyla Murray and his inability to to get this offense going. I mean, he's been he's been brutal. So, um, you know, that's what you look at. But I, I, I I'm happy he's back. They need him. They desperately need him. There's plenty of time left to still save this season, despite this terrible two and four start. But a lot of pressure on DeAndre Hopkins. He's one of the best players in the league, and they you know they're going to need him. Yep, they are. Uh, lots to react to from D Hop when he met the media. He was asked the question: Are you itching to prove that you've still got it after missing nearly a full year of football? He was pretty confident in his answer. I know I still got it, but no, nah, I mean I'm I don't itch to get out there. You know, I think people are more nervous than me being out there, my opponent. You know, than me being nervous. I've been in the NFL for ten years. Um, I've been productive every year. Whatever quarterback is throwing me the ball, so uh, I've never had a concern or worry. Um, I think it was December, so it was probably about nine, ten months, something like that. But uh, nah, if anything, I think it helped me save some uh, some years on my on my career on the back end. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> By missing six games? Well, last year, too, he last missed year games. Two. Yeah, so last year, too. Yeah, last year, too. But that's seven last year, and in six this is like a full season that's been moved. So I already thinking about the future and oh, the contracts. Yeah. And yeah. Listen, he's 30, just turned 30 years old in June. So 30 years old. I mean, this is, you know, clearly one of the best players that's ever played at this position in the history. He's got over 10,000 yards receiving already, and he just turned 30. He's had one, two, three, four, five, six seasons of over 1,000 yards. He's had two seasons of over 1500 another one over 1400 yeah they're gonna i mean i expect um i expect he's gonna get a target i know he hasn't played i still think he's gonna get targeted a whole lot in this football game yeah i that that to me is the big question for a guy who hasn't played as long as he has you know how, how what's his usage look like how often do they go to him how often do they use him i don't know the answer to that your your guess your guess is an interesting one because it kind of suggests you know you, you would look at it realistically and say man he hasn't played since December he's going to be a little rusty it's it's different you know playing football is different than just being in shape he was asked the question can the offense flip a switch with his return yeah absolutely absolutely uh, I mean obviously one person can't go out there and win a game but uh, it does help having someone like myself out there um, who can dictate a lot and uh, you know dictate how defenses you know play us and then he went on to expand on what he can bring to an offense I think last year was a great example of that I was going eight no and you know me not having a game over 100 yards uh, a lot of people look at it as a down year for someone like myself but I look at that as a productive year because uh, I got a lot of guys open and you know it's, it's more it goes into uh, a football game and you know fantasy stats or yards um, you know I'm able to help create other mismatches on the field and so um, I think you know my presence out there you know, um, you know, dictates that. And I think last year was a great example of that. <laughs> Again, very confident, Cambo. Very confident. It, 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 can he make? It, it's not him. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about his confidence. I'm not le- worrying about his. I, I don't wonder about his ability. You know, he's missed so much time. He's great. Okay, it's not like he's been out of the league for three years. I'm not worried about him. But can he elevate the confidence level of Kyla Murray, right. whose confidence seems just shot? I mean, just completely shot right now. Can he? His return alone changed the mindset of Kyla Murray, who's playing scared. I mean, he's absolutely playing scared right now. You know, I, you know I, I'm glad 
you've hit upon the question. I mean, I think there are two questions. Number one, we just talked about a second ago. How much does he get used? How, you know, in football shape is he right out of the shoot? That's question number one. Question number two, the last time we saw DeAndre Hopkins, we saw a different version of Kyler Murray. We saw the confident Kyler Murray. We saw the prolific Kyler Murray. We keep asking the question. We've been asking it for nearly a year here on Burns and Gambo. When was the last time we saw a great Kyler Murray game? Well, guess what? The last great Kyler Murray game coincided with DeAndre Hopkins on the field. Does the return of DeAndre Hopkins give Kyler that kind of lift to allow him to start to get back to the best version of himself? Because we have not seen even close to the best version of Kyler Murray since DeAndre Hopkins has been out. You have just asked the fundamental question about Thursday's game. But, Does- but think about this. But think about this, too. If he comes back and everything becomes great, man, what does that say about I know, I know. Kyler and the offense and their inability to, to coexist without him? Yeah, you know what? I, I actually, in our in our uh, recap of the game, in our um, you know uh, opinions that we wrote about the game at ArizonaSports.com, our rapid reactions, that's the phrase I was looking for, uh, in our rapid reaction, I actually mentioned that. And I'm glad you touched on it because, because you're right. In the short term, you go, oh, thank God D-Hop's back. Whew, okay, everything's fine. Everything's all right. But long term... Man, you've got a player who needs a player as bad as Kyler would need DeAndre Hopkins. Long term, that ain't healthy. Long term, yeah. that's that's not what you're looking for out of a franchise quarterback that you just paid a quarter of a billion dollars to. You want you might to, think, have to sign you might have to sign Hopkins to a ten year contract extension. <laughs> you might have to to line up with Kyler's career. You like, want to think that if you sign a quarterback to a quarter of a billion dollar contract, he is the one who's going to elevate others, not the other way around. Not guys yeah. elevating him. In other words, what, what'd you give him the money for if you gave him a quarter of a billion dollars? If he needs D Hop out there to make him great, I, he's D Hop's a great player, but. But, but he's he can't be that valuable to the bottom line around here, can he? I, I, I it's pot. I mean, he can. Yeah, I mean, the answer is yes. He can. I guess like the, the answer is can. The way the I meant to phrase it, yes. should he? Should no, one guy? I mean, should he? No, yeah. no, he shouldn't be. But I mean. I can't imagine coming in here Friday, me and you, and we're like, hey, Hopkins had seven catches for 85 yards and, and a touchdown, and, and Kyler threw for, you know, for 280 yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions, and the Cardinals won. They look great. I'm like, God, why, why? what are you going to have to just change everybody's name to Hopkins so he thinks out there or just draft guys <laughs> named Hopkins? Or, hey, you, we'll, we'll, we'll sign you as a free agent, but you got to change your name to Hopkins. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the answer – nobody knows what the answer is. You had – all off season to figure out how to play without DeAndre Hopkins, and you weren't able to do it. That's on Cliff, right? That's on Cliff. That's on Kyler, but that's on those two guys. Um, if he comes back and everything's great, I mean, we we want that. We want that, but it still leaves this burning question of why. Yeah. Why? Absolutely. The uh, Guardians just get on the board. A sacrifice fly. It's 4-1 in the top of the third. So far, Gambo's mood is holding steady. Well, steady I mean, as we had two guys. I mean, you had a fly ball to left field and a shortstop, and the left field crashed into each other. It should have been an out. There shouldn't have been any runs. <laughs> keep those pills handy, Gandy. Gambo, keep, keep them handy. When we come back, Cam Johnson. Not, there they are. Not extended by the Suns yesterday. How did he react to that? You'll hear from him next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. 
right, back here with you on this Tuesday. John Gambadero, Dave Burns here on Arizona Sports. Of course, yesterday was a big red Monday, and it was a big red disaster of a Monday with that Cardinals game. And we spent most of the show talking about that game because there were just so many things that needed to be talked about, things that needed to be said, et cetera, et cetera. In the middle of our show yesterday at 3 o'clock, that was the Cam Johnson deadline. And we've seen other players from that draft class get signed just yesterday. In fact, DeAndre Hunter uh, got a four-year, $95 million contract to stay with the Atlanta Hawks that kind of got that one in right at the deadline because it wasn't reported till a couple of hours later. No extension for Cam Johnson. And now we play the restricted free agency game, the one that we just played with DeAndre Ayton a couple of months ago. That's what's on tap for the Suns and Cam Johnson, unless, just like DeAndre Aiden, they reach an agreement with Cam when they've got that kind of exclusive negotiating window with him on July 1st. That never happens. And that, ne- that never happens. <laughs> that doesn't right? usually happen. No, I mean, unless the Suns were to blow him away with an offer, at that point, right. it's in Cam's best interest. You might as well see what else is out there for you, sure. right? You might as well see yeah. who else is willing to pay. The big looming question here, Gambo, did the Suns make a mistake in not extending Cam Johnson yesterday? Depends on what the price that Cam Johnson was. I mean, we haven't seen any numbers yet, and we need to find that out. I mean, if he's saying, like, listen, I want a max contract, you might say, you know what, honestly, like, we can't do that. I mean, if he was reasonable, the problem is I think Cam and his agents are going to look at the cap going up, right? The, the cap number is going to go through the roof, and then those salaries are going to be much, much higher. So I, I, I think that they're probably playing that game. Uh, a, you know, the, what I signed for, you know, now, if I wait a year, that number is going to go. Like, if you were Mikhail Bridges and you were available, you were in the market this year, you'd, you'd get more money. You'd, you'd make than, a hell of a lot more than $90 million. I'll tell you that yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, like, every year that goes by, every year that goes by, that those salaries just go up in the NBA. So, I mean, Cam Johnson waiting a year, he'll probably make more money next year than he would have made this year. So, I don't know. I think if, 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 if they could have struck a deal, they would have. Look, they drafted him. They like him. He, he was one of the best bench players in the league last year. He's a great shooter. They're going to start him. I mean, there's nothing that says, hey, we don't like you. It's just a matter of, I mean, not everybody, and everybody thinks they're worth the max, right? Everybody, everybody thinks they're worth, like, max money, but, I mean, how many are and, uh, you know, how many aren't? So, I, I don't, I, it's a hard thing to say that they make a mistake or not. We all would have liked them to get that done yes. so you wouldn't have to worry about it because now you got to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, you do You do have to worry about it. And and for the record, I, I, I haven't seen anybody reporting that he was looking for the max. I know there have been numbers floated out there that the two sides were, you know, like, $13 million apart on a four-year deal. I, I, I don't know if that's accurate or not. I, I have not seen it reported that he was looking for the max, but I do think you're right. I think the answer to the question is kind of dependent on you know how much he wanted. Now, once again, just like with DeAndre Ayton, the Phoenix Suns have this power here where, okay, he's going to go to market next year if the Suns don't sign him on July 1st of 2023. He'll go to market. He'll get a deal. The Suns have an opportunity to match it. We saw what happened last year with Ayton. It took him 90 seconds and then decided to match it. And that was done. That was it. Now, what lingered in the aftermath of the Ayton decision was, is he okay? Is he all right with the organization? Is he is he upset that they kind of let him dangle? And of course, the other thing about that, too, was, you know, while you were kind of tied up with that, you know, in, in waiting for someone to make Cam an offer, 
kind of made doing business really hard, right? Like because you're you're waiting for somebody to make an offer to Cam Johnson, just like you were waiting for somebody to make an offer to DeAndre Ayton. And while you were waiting on that, you were kind of stuck in the mud a little bit as an organization. There was only so much yeah. you could do when you're not quite sure whether Ayton or Cam's going to sign that kind of deal or not. Yeah, I you know Mikael Bridges got ninety million dollars over four years. It's an average of twenty two point five. I would think that the Suns were probably trying to get Cam Johnson on a deal that's less. Mikhail's more versatile, right? He's more of a 3-and-D wing guy. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. Cam's not. Cam's a better shooter. Mikhail does a lot of intangible things that, you know, he can guard one through four. I mean, there's so many things that Mikhail does that Cam doesn't do. I, I would think that... You, if you're the Phoenix Suns, you're saying I'm not going to give you more than Mikael Bridges. Like I just gave Mikael 90 million over four years. Yeah, I, I'd like to get you for. I want to sign you, but I can't give you more than I gave Mikael. That's what I would think, Bernsey, That they probably wanted to come in, you know, under that. But if I'm Cam, I'm like, hey, what? What's who's to say somebody won't offer me 25 million dollars a year when I get to free agency next year? Sure, sure. I, I, if I if I light it, if I bet on myself, uh-huh. if I bet on myself, now I owe, you know me. I've been told by many a player never turn down your first big deal. Get your get your seventy, eighty, ninety million dollars. You're set for life, and then the next one. But Cam's a little different. Let me tell you why Cam's different. Cam came out as a twenty three year old. Right. He didn't come out as a freshman. So those prime years are, are kind of different for him. He'll be a free agent at 27. So that first contract he signs, if it's a four year deal, 27, 28, 29, 30, he's in his 30s. Yeah. He'll still get another deal. But it's different for guys like, I mean, look at Book. Book's on his third contract. Right. I mean, the guys that come into the league at 19 are different than the guys that come into the league at 23. Yeah. So Cam's in a little bit different of a spot. I still think you don't turn down your first big deal, but a lot of those guys that are younger realize that they're probably going to have several deals. Yeah, and I think, go back to your point about the Suns and Mikel, I'm sure, I mean, look, in a vacuum, I think Cam Johnson is worth less than Mikel Bridges, but there are two things at play here, and you mentioned one of them. Number one, is the salary cap going to go up and up and up because of a new TV deal that's expected to kick in in a couple of years from now, so the, the ability to give players more, the percentage that Cam will make under the cap will be relatively, you know, equal if the cap goes up, even though he's getting more money. You look at it as a percentage under the cap. That's number one. And then number two, I mean, look, it's the cost of doing business. And when you're a shooter like Cam, if he goes out there and has another season where he shoots 42, 43% from three, he's getting paid. Shooting gets paid in this league. Let me just go around and look at all the deals that have been handed around. Shooting gets paid. And you can yeah. go out there and stroke it like Cam can stroke it from three point line, you're going to get paid. And and your value relative to other players on your roster, it's not totally irrelevant, but it's a little irrelevant when the cap keeps going up and you can shoot the way Cam Johnson can shoot. Yeah, he's betting on himself. Yeah. That he's going to go out there as a starter, that he's going to get more minutes, he's going to have, you know, his, his stats are going to be better, that he's a year better as a defensive player. He's going to bet on all of those things, and then if he gets, you know, I mean, if the, you know, if, if he gets to the point where somebody you know, gives him an offer sheet. The Suns have the right to match the offer sheet. But this, we went through this. This is not fun. Like this is not. This no. is not great. No, this is not. not preferred. No. To, to wonder if you're going to lose your guy, if you're going to keep your guy, am I going to 
Except, what if somebody offers him a max deal? Not the, not this. Uh, you don't know. Like we just don't know. Sure, sure. Right. Uh, what if somebody goes out there and said, "What if says, Trump says, says, listen, I think you work twenty-seven million dollars a year,' and the son's like, oh, you know, boy, like DeAndre, they just they just matched it. They just they easily matched it. Would they do the same thing for Cam? Uh, it depends on who the owner is. Depends on their their willingness to pay the tax. It depends on I mean, that, that. Then you start getting into that. And see, I, that's why I think it was a mistake not to sign him yesterday because at least you have some kind of cost certainty. Whereas I I believe I would bet on Cam. Cam's betting on himself. I would bet on Cam. And I bet a year from now, Cam Johnson gets an offer so rich that the Suns will sit to themselves and think, man, if we had just given him a little bit more, we could have kept him. And now we have to it's give him a Joe lot Johnson. more. It's Joe yeah, Johnson it all is. over again. It is. And, I, and, and I, I will always say this. And this, is, this goes back a long time, but I, was, I will always say this. I said at the moment, the mistake the Suns made wasn't that second year of Joe Johnson and not paying him what he wanted. It was that first year of Joe Johnson and not paying him what he wanted. Five million. It was five million dollars. And it's like, come on, what are we what are we haggling over here? Five million dollars. I mean, it's a lot of money, but you could have avoided all of that if you just signed him then and not later when the price tag went way up. And that's what I'm so worried about with Cam. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, this season has so much to talk about. Phoenix Suns are itching to get going again. We get to talk to one of their stars coming up next. Mikel Bridges joining us on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Coming off the court, you hear it straight from a Suns player. With Burns and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing, Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair, that's americaroofingco.com. Yeah, off the court is our weekly opportunity to talk with one of the members of the Phoenix Suns with the opener tomorrow. We'll both be down there broadcasting right across the street. Of course, his Rams got the big win over the weekend. His Phillies are in action tonight in game one of the National League Championship Series. And his team, the Suns, take on the Mavs tomorrow evening. And joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line from the Phoenix Suns, one of our favorites, Mikel Bridges, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Mikel, welcome to the program as always. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me again. How are you guys? Yeah, th- th- this is great for baseball. I'll, I'll start with baseball and the Phillies because this is tremendous that, you know, them and the Padres, the five and the six seeds are, are playing for a chance to go to the World Series. So just tell me how excited you are. You, have you been able to get to any games this year? And just how big of a Phillies fan are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually very excited that you brought this up. Um, especially the first thing. Um, very excited, man. Just play a five today, so you know I'm be locked in watching. Um, I've been to one game this year, and that was they came and played the D-backs. But um, I'm so excited. Just I'm, I'm very happy. I know the Dodgers are a really good team, but I'm just very excited that I'd rather play them than the Dodgers. So I like yeah. my chances and. Hey, we got we got nothing to lose now, so I think we're gonna come out there fired up like usual and um and try and vamp. All right, I'm gonna guess you're a Reese Hops Hoskins fan the most. Who's your favorite player on that team? Okay, see I I love Reese. I got too many I got like like Bohm and Bryce the Stock are like low key one of my favorites. But like my favorite two honestly are like are Bryce. I love Bryce. He's just he's just he's him. 
And I, even though Schwarby struggles a little bit, but I, I love I love Schwarby. He just <laughs> once he hits that ball, you know, there's no chance of it staying in the ballpark. So I, those are my those are like my four right there. But I can't say that because I love everybody. So it's, it's tough for me to really decide. Hey, see here, I was thinking I was going to root for the Padres because because we know Bob Melvin, their manager. But now you got me thinking maybe I should, I, for karma's sake, I should root for the Phillies. I should root for you. Now yeah, now I'm thinking, come, I, come on over, come man. On over. Come on over. That's <laughs> <laughs> bet. I bet. Yeah, I bet. Bridges, our guest here on the Birds and Gambo Show. All right, tonight aside, because I know you're a big Phillies fan. Tomorrow, what's what's? Tell me about the the sense inside the locker room right now. The sense among the guys. I mean, it's a long season. Obviously, it always is. But to start against the Mavs, to be on that national TV stage in that environment, what's kind of the feeling around the organization right now? Now that it's time to go, we're excited, man. So excited. Um, there's always that feeling coming back in that first game and. We've been grateful to have, you know, home games as our first games past. I mean, I think every year since I've been in the league, um, it's amazing, man. We're so fired up. Like, just you have that itch. You know, you've been waiting all summer, especially kind of the way we went out. It, you had to wear that all year, all summer, until the first game, until the season come back. And it's finally here tomorrow. And um, literally, we're all excited. I can tell you that. Yeah, sounds like it. Mikel Bridges, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. How, given everything that went on this offseason, and there's so much to fit into that, how how would you describe the offseason as you experienced it, with everything that we were experiencing from where we sit, from where you sit? How would you describe what the offseason was like for you, Mikel? Um, it was great. I feel like I had a great offseason. Um, this is working out, getting better, traveling on weekends, enjoying time with our friends and family. It's also grinding. I, I feel like I had one of my, I think I had the best summer, like one of my favorite summers ever, just, you know, being in the league. And, and since I was a kid, I just had so much fun this summer. But, you know, obviously being in the gym all the time, but actually traveling a little bit on my weekends, I'm kind of got to really don't like, don't feel like traveling. I like being in routine. And, um, Kind of just went out my my box a little bit, but it was all for the good. Um, you know, I had a great summer. We we were all very excited for you because you were you know you're an original Suns player and you've been a great player and we we're so happy when you did sign that extension last year for you know twenty two point five million dollars a year. But with the CBA and the cap going up and it's about to explode with the new TV money, I just want to ask you: were there, were there any thoughts to kind of play it out a little bit longer? Do you have any regrets that you inked the deal last year? Um, no, not no, not really. I feel like. It's a lot of money and just grateful, you know, just to stay here. Um, do I think I could have got more money maybe as a competitor, as a person? I know who I am as a person on and off the court and how I work. I think so for sure. But, you know, it, it, it might not have been here. And, you know, that's a, that's a big thing for me. I love here so much. So that would have it, it would have been fun, obviously, getting a lot more money, but it would have been the same. So, I, I like I said, great deal. You know, my agents did a great job, and um, just happy to be here, man. Yeah, I, I love hearing that answer. And then my two part on this: just what what kind of advice did you give to Cam? You were, you were in this spot last year. He was in the spot, eligible for an extension. Now, the extension doesn't get done. He'll likely have the chance to be a restricted free agent next year, like DeAndre was this year. What kind of advice did you give to him, considering you guys are such good friends? 
Yeah, um, I was talking about it earlier. The thing about Cam, Cam's just so, so smart and kind of telling me the situation because I kind of I didn't understand. I thought like he should, you know, obviously he deserved it, and we don't want to let him have a chance to even have a chance to leave. Um, but he kind of described it down for me. He kind of made me. He's he's more he's more calm and relaxed than me. I'm more on the other edge, like more. He calmed me down, but I was more pissed off that like I'm like, why don't my boy got, get paid? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Seeing other guys get paid, but he kind of calmed me down. Once I saw him relax, I'm like, okay, I can relax. But um, he's smart, man. He's I mean, he's great person on off the court, and he's just he's gonna be fine. He works so hard, and he is who he is. He's just not going to change and I don't want him to ever change and it's going to come back around for sure. Mikel Bridges, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. We, we, Mikel, we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks now. We're reading all these season previews uh, about the Suns and everybody keeps mentioning the word vibe, the vibe, the vibe. What's the vibe like with the with what's going on with the team being for sale and Jake Crowder and everything that happened with DeAndre? Uh, is, is the vibe something, if that's even the word you want to use, is that something that we should be worried about when it comes to this edition of the Suns? Not at all. No, not at all. I feel like, yeah, it was that stretch, you know, with 9-9, you know, not not being here and then everything else that was going on. But that was just, just that part. But then once we was on the court and we was playing and then being around each other every day and then realizing, you know, season's here and going through training camp everything is just blossomed and we were all having fun again. And it's, it's, we're all excited. It's just, we're all back, man. We're, you can feel everybody in the the whole facility, everybody from the chefs to us on the court, everybody's really amped. Uh, we we loved the camaraderie on this team. Such a close-knit unit. You guys you know, looked like you all loved each other and played for each other and had so much fun. So with that being said, how surprised are you that, that Jay didn't want to be a part of this anymore, that, that he wants to go somewhere else and play? Did that, did that take you by surprise? Um, I think it's a business at the end of the day. Um, you know, not I don't know what you know the full details of the whole situation, but you know, Nana is a really good vet for me, and it was great having him around. I think he's just doing what's best for him because then if his roles reverse, you know, teams will do what's best for their case as well. So I just, I obviously I wish he was here, and you know, I miss him to death, but um, it's a part of business, man, and. And I'm happy I got a taste of that when I first got drafted because I got drafted and got traded right away. So I think it's just, it's just a business. It just happens. You know, like, how hard how hard will it be to to overcome the loss of him? They haven't made a trade yet, so there's not a new player coming in that we know of. So how difficult will it be to replace you know his minutes? Whether he was coming off the bench or starting, we know Cam's going to start, but he was such a, a a good defensive player for you guys. How difficult is that going to be to replace? Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. Jay's just you know, like I said, great leader and everything he does on the court, especially defensively and everything. But just guys ready to step up. You know, I think Cam's taking another big leap this summer, and everybody coming off the bench is also ready as well. So, obviously, we're going to miss him, but, you know, 
life goes on and we just got to, you know, improve and get better. And I think we're all ready. All right. Last one for Mikel Bridges before we let you go. The, the, the improvement internally with, with you, with Cam, with Aiton, how much of that are you expecting to make a difference this year for you guys as you try to repeat the things you've done over the last couple of years? Yeah, we just so we just got to do a little bit more, and that's just what every year it goes on. Just get a little bit better, and because you know, same thing we see in book. You know, those are our leaders, our guys. You know, who has the ball a lot, and it's going to take us. You know, to the very end, and they're get better every year, and we also have to do do the same thing to keep getting better and help those guys out as well. And I think we're all ready to every guy off the bench to me, Da, and Cam. Um, we're very excited, and you know we're we've been waiting for this moment. You know, you give us more things to do. We're trust me, we're all excited. Hmm. Good luck to your fills tonight. I'm not sure I'm rooting for them. Good luck to your fills tonight, Mikel. All right, you, you, thank you. I, I, I might I might change teams. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet. You've you've made a compelling argument. So good luck to your guys tonight. Hey man, thank you. If you if you if you need a jersey or hat, just let me know. <laughs> Uh, I got a Mike Schmidt bobblehead in the room, so you ever want that, you there let you me go. know. There, there you go. Beautiful Mike Schmidt bobblehead that I'll, I'll take it away from my kid and give it to you if you really want it. <laughs> I don't want to do that to him. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Mikhail, you're the best, man. We appreciate the time, as always. Good luck tomorrow night. Good luck the season. I'm sure we'll catch up with you at some point soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. Mikhail Bridges. Joining us here on the Burns and Cambo Show. I love that guy. I can talk to him all day. Joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Now, when we come back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, Cardinals injury update, including adding a new kicker into the fold. We'll tell you about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, back here with you on Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's turn it over. Normally we do it at 2.30, but we had Mikel Bridges on. Here's Eric Ruby. He's got our Suns-themed Twitter poll question of the day. What's going on, Rubes? It was a great interview with Mikael as well. He's I mean, fun. Hit, hit everything. He's fun. He's fun. And maybe I'm rooting for the Phillies tonight. I don't know. He, he kind of swayed me. Come on. Are you guys kidding me? You're rooting for the Padres? Bob Melvin. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm rooting for the yeah, Padres. Yeah, the Melvin stuff. Yeah, I, former manager of the Diamondbacks. I, I, we, Gambo and I knew Bo Mel really well. I, I would love to see him take a team to the World Series. That would be really, really yeah. cool. The yeah. Philly fans are crazy. I don't want anything good to happen to them. <laughs> People are nuts. It's that New Seriously. York bias. Oh, it's that New York versus Philly bias. bias. They're like Boo Santa Claus. Like those are, they're, those are, they're awful. <laughs> you think Mikhail keeps Absolutely some batteries brutal. in his home? <laughs> yeah, Mikhail, I don't think he keeps batteries to throw at anybody. Yeah, I, I can't root anyway. for Philly fans. <laughs> Notice Gambo gets like this after we hang up the phone on Mikel. Not while we've got Mikel No, I wasn't the phone, sitting there. Well, maybe I'll root for your team, Mikel. Maybe I was going to root for the Padres, but now maybe I'll root for your team. Get out of here there. with that. Get out. I had to look up at the TV and see if the Guardians scored. No, I just wanted to make sure. They saw the Yankees still winning 4-1? Yeah, still 4-1. Gambo, that was a mood shift real quick. Man. Came out of nowhere, man. Okay. Change your mind. <laughs> We're going for the Padres all along. Are you going to change because of Mikel Bridges? I like Mikel. Mikel, I hope your team loses. There you go. <laughs> cut that. Cut it. Cut it. There it is. <laughs> That's uh, a drop. What's uh, what's our poll question Well, today? it's about Mikel's team, but not the Phillies. It's about the Suns. Let's look big picture here. What's the biggest storyline you guys are keeping your eyes on going into this Suns season? Your four options are the relationship between DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams, the status of Jay Crowder, the bench production, and CP3's age. 
Um, all of the above? Yeah, all of the above, but I think the one out of those... It's either the bench or Aiton, and I'm. Oh wow, we disagree. I'm going Jay. I'm I'm tempted to pick Aiton just because I want to know if there's any thought about trading him on January 15th, and and how the first two months of the season builds into that. You know that like that. I'm gonna have that on the brain the first couple months of the season, and I'm gonna have the bench on the brain because I think it's such a soft spot for this team. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the bench. You're gonna go with Jay Gambo. Tell me Jay. why. Because I don't like I, that changes everything. Like the, the the Jay thing may may satisfy my 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 bench needs. I mean that can cure a lot of things. Right now, like the biggest thing in limbo right now is that one of your top six players doesn't want to play for you, and you haven't replaced them. Yeah, fair. Uh, all of the above would be the right answer. That would have been the blow away 100%. But we can't choose it. So what's the, the leader in the clubhouse right now? It's a close race for second, but running away with first at 41.3% is bench production. In second place at 23% is the relationship between DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams. And in third place at 21.4% is the status of Jay Crowder. In last place, 14.3% is the age of CP3. Yeah, I'm not worried about the age of CP3 now. Ask me again in April, and I'll be very worried about the HCP three. But right now, it's, uh, we're fine. I'm worried about. I'm worried about his age. Yeah. Oh, I mean, th- all of those. Those are all big concerns. Those are all reasons why there are people down on the Phoenix Suns. In some cases, really down on the Phoenix Suns. So it's a good question making everybody choose like that, Eric. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo, one word is where you can find it. Now, the Cardinals are back on the practice field today. Their short week as they get ready for the Saints on Thursday. I can tell you right now, not practicing today. Uh, Hollywood Brown, we know he's going to be out. James Conner again did not practice as he didn't yesterday with the ribs injury. Uh, Dennis Gardeck did not practice. Rodney Hudson did not practice. No Matt Prater. No Justin Pugh. Obviously his season is done. Daryl Williams, the backup running back, also didn't practice. So a pretty robust injury list. But today the Cardinals did get at least a little bit of good news in announcing today that they have designated Cody Ford to return from the injured reserve list and they can activate him to play at any time. I don't know whether yeah. he's going to be ready for this game or not on Thursday, but he's there if they want him and if he's ready, Gambo. I reported yesterday that what I'm hearing is that he's close. Okay. He's close. We talked about this yesterday. Where's Cody Ford? And I, I was able to check and, and hearing that he was close. So whether they get him back or not for this game, I don't know, but I don't imagine he would miss more than this game. So I do think that, and important, I mean, when you lose such a good player like Justin Pugh, you know, you've got to get a guy. Now, Cody played with Kyler in college. He knows him. He's a veteran. He's got star under his belt, so I think it's imperative for the success of this team that 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 he gets out there and plays because they need him. Yeah, I mean, right now with Hudson not practicing today and with Pew out with the ACL, I mean, now you're talking about Sean Harlow at center and Max Garcia at left guard, which is not ideal. We saw that combo struggle quite a bit in the game this past weekend uh, against Seattle. So anything you can do to kind of bring in the reinforcements there would be key. I I, I thought about this yesterday. I didn't mention it. I, I, I hate to bring this up. I wonder if we've seen the last of Justin Pugh in the National Football League. There was some suggestion that he was contemplating retirement before this season, and now with an ACL, I, I have to at least wonder if that's it for Justin's career in the NFL. You know, 
Justin did, um, I believe it was like an internship uh, in in like you know real estate. I think it was in Florida over the off season. I had talked to him about it over the summer. Oh, we were just chatting about like the next chapter in his life, and I think he did some kind of like internship in real estate. Now I think he would be a great media guy if he wanted to, and uh, and me, I mean him. We've talked about that, but I do think he there, there's something in real estate. So I do think there's there's other things for him to do when he doesn't play anymore that he wants to do. But it's just a question of do you want to go out like this? Is this how you want to go out where, you know, you're in the middle of October and you're going to watch your team play the next 11 weeks and you can't play? That, that, sometimes that is a driving factor in bringing guys back for another year is they kind of want to go out on their own terms and not on the terms of a knee injury. And just real quick, uh, the disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff when it comes to the kicking position took a little bit of a turn today as the team signed another kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship, one of the yeah. guys who lost a week and a half ago when they were auditioning kickers with the Matt Prater injury. He was signed today to the practice squad, Gambo. Yeah, I mean, a week too late. I mean, let's call it like it is. I totally disagree with the decision to keep Matt Amendola from last week after he had missed that field goal. I think it was the wrong decision. I think they should have brought in Blankenship then because I just don't know that you can have faith in that guy. I mean, he missed that kick and, you know, I mean, especially like, he, it's not a proven kicker that just missed the kick. I mean, he's a guy that's fighting for his job every week and so that's going to be in his head. And it obviously was in his head all week long, and he missed an extra point. And the other thing is that Cliff didn't trust him. Me and you talked about this a lot yesterday. You got to go to Cliff and say, look, it's it's fourth and four. You got a chance for a 43-yard field goal. You going to take it? No, I'm going to go for it. Why? Because I don't trust the kicker. Okay, then he can't be there. He and can't be there. And that's that. It's as simple as that. Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now at 62620. Now, when we come back, Kyler Murray, who does he think should handle the play calling for the Cardinals? You'll hear what the Cards quarterback said on that topic next. Burns and Gambo.